is good, everybody? Welcome into another week of the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Chris Brooks along with you for the ride into the second half of the regular season. Let's bring on everybody else. Gentlemen, hello. How are you? Good. Good. Doing good. Hard to believe the first half of the season's over already. How fast is this year going by? Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about, uh, you know, getting plans made for Chattanooga coverage this year. And we're a third of the way there already. It's uh, it's kind of wild. Think fast, run fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, on last week's show, if, if we didn't mention it on the show, but afterwards we all got to looking at the picks. We all had most of the same picks. And it's because we are halfway through the season. We're starting to figure this thing out. Teams are really starting to separate themselves and, and move forward. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so a first on, on this show that we'll talk about when we get to who you got. But uh, just a little tease there, but not going to reveal that just yet. Um, guys, uh, week five came and went. And Scott, I'll start with you because you, know, you were over at East Robertson for a pretty big game in region four in class 2a with harpeth in east robertson and we wondered about harpeth whether they were going to be a contender or not and the score told the story yeah it it was uh total domination by uh by east robertson um you know just a lot of uh zechariah prince uh, a lot of sean groves uh really the you know uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how good the line, line was, uh, you know, just on, you know, what we had seen and uh, what we looked at on uh, stat sheets. But uh, I, th- I think that uh, I think that the uh, East Robertson Indians took that personally because uh, their lines dominated. Uh, yeah, it Harpeth. Yeah, this was the biggest test they'd had so far. They. You know, they could bounce back. Uh, but right now, I think that East Robertson is just of another level. Yeah. yeah, 42 to nothing for East Robertson in that game. Uh, Zach Prince had a big night. We'll talk about him. He's a finalist for Player of the Week this week as well. Uh, Cam, you kept your eyes on a lot of stuff Friday, and that Mount Juliet-White County game was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a chance to uh, turn that one over and uh, really got to watch uh, – about the midway through the third quarter through the rest of the ball game. That one got crazy at the end of the game as uh, Mount Juliet scores with three minutes left to go up by seven. White County scores with 17 seconds left, goes for two and gets it, takes a 43-42 lead, only to have Mount Juliet hit the hook and ladder down to the 11-yard line, and Mount Juliet kicks a 26-yarder as time expires to beat White County 45-43. Uh, one of the craziest games I've watched in a long time at the high school level. Uh, also had a chance to watch a little bit of the uh, Lipscomb Academy and Franklin Road Academy game. And, uh, man, Hank Brown and, and Junior Cheryl really put on a show on that one. It looked like you were hitting the repeat button and watching uh, number three run it down the right sideline for a touchdown on every play. Uh, but uh, really good performance by uh, Lipscomb Academy. Uh, FRA – uh, first game where they've had difficulty getting Ty Clark going, uh, but they get a chance uh, this week uh, to get things righted uh, before they play CPA. Uh, not too worried about that FRA team. Lipscomb, you know, a lot of people have them as the best team in the state, uh, all classifications. So um, really excited to uh, to see where things go from here. You know, 
some injuries going around on the in the mid state, but uh, that's part of the game. I, I looked at uh, I looked at a little bit of that game. Actually, I, I watched uh, the the Mount Juliet game a little bit, and I, I will say that uh, Malachi Dow, real deal, uh, doesn't look like he doesn't look overpowering, but maybe has the best vision running back wise in the state. Uh, he can. You know, he sees holes opening up. I mean, he's got like Jedi ability. He sees things happening before they happen. And and he it was just amazing to watch the give and take uh, between those two teams. Uh, it, it was really, really a, uh, you know, probably a, an instant classic for, for better or worse. Yep. Tom, what stood out to you from week five? I tell you what, that region 5-5A race, guys, that's going to be a lot of fun with uh, White County, you know, with Malachi Dow this year. Certainly, they they are drawing a lot of attention. They get Green Hill this week. Speaking of Green Hill, they knock off Hills, Hillsboro 17-7. And what about Hillsboro? They played a pretty tough schedule. They're 0-4, but I believe that's a that's a good football team. I think 5-5A is really going to, uh, going to be an interesting race right down to the wire. And like you pointed out with Harpeth and, and even FRA, I think we saw a couple of teams, you know, not maybe what uh, what all the hype was about to begin with. Not saying they're not good football teams at all. Certainly FRA is. You can't hardly judge, judge a whole lot playing Lipscomb Academy. But uh, that Harpeth score I thought was quite telling. 42 to nothing, the final score there. And I thought NBA also had another big statement win this week. They just continue to roll on. Uh, they knock off Father Ryan 45-7. to seven. And uh, just looking like uh, really a strong team there, that NBA bunch now at 5-0 and in the season. And, oh, yeah, Riverdale falls to Rockvale, guys. What about that one? Uh, that's one I know I had in my picks that uh, just felt like Rockvale maybe was just a little bit better team. Riverdale's been a little bit inconsistent, and the Rockvale pulls the upset there. Yeah, Riverdale's really struggling on the offensive side of the ball. I believe the final on that one was 20-7. to They led 7-6 for the longest amount of time. You could never get – uh, that extra cushion from the offense to uh, to support that lead, uh, you know, you mentioned that. Uh, you know that game. What about the Lebanon Blue Devils? Oh yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're soul searching here after week five. They got to get it uh, corrected and uh, try to pick up a little bit of momentum heading into the playoffs. Yeah, let's go back to Riverdale for just a second. The, the Warriors are in the danger zone right now because with that loss to Rockvale. Now they're looking at, at possibly a three or four seed in the playoffs and can't forget Siegel over there. If Siegel was to do they they've still got to play Siegel. If they lose to Siegel, we may be talking about a playoff without Riverdale. It's very, yeah. very possible. So something to keep an eye on the second half of the season in the region four of class six A. Um yeah, just interesting times in Rutherford County so far. Yeah, Lipscomb Academy, yeah, killing everybody pretty much at this point. Uh number one in most every poll in this state and for good reason they've pretty much dominated everybody uh, really really big performance from junior cheryl it's nine passes caught 239 yards six touchdowns yeah he, he's also on our player of the week finalist list which um if you all will allow me we'll go ahead and, and pull up let's do it all right, the Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week finalists are as follows. It's Colby Barnes from DeKalb County, 272 yards, rushing four touchdowns on 24 carries. Tigers won at Cumberland County, 48-13. 
Alex Bradshaw from Creekwood, they had a big upset when they told Oklahoma 16-3. Bradshaw picked off three passes for the Redhawks in that one. Hank Brown lives from Academy, 12 of 18, 257 yards passing, six touchdowns as they beat FRA, as we just mentioned. De'Aris Morton, Mount Juliet, 25 carries, 277 yards, three touchdowns for them. We all talked about Malachi Dow, but Morton had a monster game for the Golden Bears as well and was a big reason why they were able to win it. Zach Prince, East Robertson, Scott, you mentioned him, 13 carries, 243 yards, four touchdowns. Also caught a pass for 43 yards in that win and that shutout over Harpeth. Junior Sherrill had all six touchdowns, as we just mentioned, nine catches, 239 yards. Garrett Wheatley from Friendship Christian, 9 of 17, passing 275 yards, four touchdowns, and seven carries for 14 yards in the score. They blanked the Kings Academy 33 to nothing. Votes are tallied for the fans, and uh, DeKalb County showed out. Colby Barnes gets the fans' vote this week. Tom, you've went with Junior Sherrill. Guys, when you catch nine passes for 239 yards and six touchdowns in, in a game against an undefeated FRA team, that's uh, that's some amazing numbers from a wide receiver perspective. I, I just I thought that performance really stood out. Cam, you went with Darius Morton. I did. Uh, you know, all the talk coming into that game was Malachi Dow. Malachi Dow. Uh, Morton stepped up, led his team to victory with uh, 277 yards, really went toe-for-toe toe, uh, with the – Pretty much the hands-down best uh, running back in the state of Tennessee. All right. Scott, Junior Sherrill's your pick. Yeah, you get uh, nine passes. Uh, you're 20% sure you're going to make this list. You get 239 yards receiving, 90% you're going to be on this list. You get six touchdowns, you're 99% sure you're going to be on this list. You do all of that in one game, you should be at the top of this list. Fair enough. And that's the way I went as well, Junior Sherrill. I mean, six touchdown passes, and all of them were off of short passes. They were not deep balls either. He had to really work for those yardage and touchdowns in that win for Lipscomb Academy. So congratulations to Lipscomb Academy's Junior Sherrill. He is our Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week for week number five. We will slide out there to Lipscomb Academy and present some hardware very, very soon. Now let's hear from our wonderful sponsors at Miracle Auto Group, shall we? Are you ready for a miracle? New 2022 Jeep Gladiator Overland. 0% APR financing for 72 months. Zero down. That's 9576 in total savings. Jeep Adventure Days at Miracle Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Gallatin. Get 9576 in total savings on a new 2022 Jeep Gladiator Overland. Are you ready for the miracle? Oh, dude, I've got to get me one of those, but I've got to send the net on Wednesday. It's Ladies' Day. Um, <laughs> the, oh, those are sweet-looking, sweet-looking uh, pickup trucks there. Very, very, very nice for sure. Thanks to Miracle Auto Group for sponsoring both this show and the Player of the Week award that we have every single week on here on the Mid-State 48. Scott, let's... Uh, Let's do something a little different this week. You were over at East Robertson, and you got to have got to have dinner over there. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me about what we're fixing to see in this video before I play it. Well, you know, it it got to talking on Twitter uh, about uh, you know what what there is to eat over there at uh, at East Robertson, and uh, somewhere in the mix of all of it, um, they invited me over to the concession stand to try 
a Arnold Palmer and their barbecue. And, uh, you know, I accepted, of course. Um, but I was not expecting what, uh, what they had in mind. Um, so they showed me behind the scenes. All right, let's have a look. Tell me about your own, own Arnold Palmer. Hello, I'm Jenny J with East Arlington Quarterback Club, and we have our special drinks, uh, Arnold Palmer's uh, Lemonade or Sweet Tea. So here's what our Arnold, Arnold Palmer will look like. It's half lemonade and half tea. You get your lemon in there, freshly squeezed here. It's very nice. It accompanies really well with our pulled pork sandwiches. Outstanding. We have a local alumni here in the... Um, City with us, J.W. Rogers has been doing all of our grilling this year, and um, he smoked these for about 10 to 12 hours on his smokers and pulled them. It's about a 14, it's a 14 to 16 hour process. It's very good. He's informed me it's not barbecue, it's pulled pork, and it's delicious. You can get that on a sandwich, on nachos, or on french fries. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah, looking forward to it. We also have our traditional burgers and hot dogs and fries, cheese sticks, anything you would like. I would like to say that our Cups this year are sponsored by Main Street Nutrition in Portland. That's another alumni from East Robertson that loves to give back to the community, and we're happy to have them here. So go Indians and come out and support the quarterback club and the concession stand. I know that I enjoy good barbecue, uh, and so you just saw that. So here, here's the barbecue sandwich and the Arnold Palmer. I'm looking forward to this. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Cheers from Mr. Robertson. Yeah, if if you go and have that, first of all, the Arnold Palmer is outstanding. It's refreshing. Uh, it's it's incredible. I, I was surprised by how good it was. I I drained that pretty doggone quick. But uh, they have some sweet baby rays out there, but that's not the secret. Go over to the grill. They have a homemade uh, vinegar-based sauce that they will put on your sandwich or get, let you put on there. It's amazing. You definitely got to try it. You get out to Cross Plains, definitely get the pulled pork and the Arnold Palmer. I promise you, you won't be sorry. I smell I smell a new segment on this show every week. I think <laughs> I don't think Scott would be too opposed to that either. Not, <laughs> not at all. So, so, so listen up, Nolansville and Brentwood Academy. We're headed out to you guys this week. Um, just saying. Just saying. Yeah, find something. Find something on that concession show stand list got. that's not a burger or a hot dog, and show make us, it happen. Show us what you got. We'll eat it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Red Iron Eats. I'm coming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm a sucker for a good honor Palmer too. So, I mean, seeing that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. totally on board with that. I mean, and, and I, I, I have to kind of go back. I don't know if you've got a, anything on this, Chris, but I, I kind of have to go back to some of the other places that I visited earlier in the year and point out a couple of things. Good work. Uh, Pearl cone, the, the uh, catfish, fried catfish. Amazing. That's probably some of the best I've had. Uh, the, the batter is you know, exquisite it, it, and they, and they don't skimp either. Let me tell you, well, they, they don't. don't skimp. That is really good. I, and uh Greenbrier, let's just go. Uh, something that, you know, you would think is be relatively simple. The cheese fries, 
very well seasoned and instead of having the cheese all over the fries they just they give you a cup to dip so you can measure out what you want and it doesn't make them soggy so well seasoned fries you know a delicious cheese mm, i'm telling you i'm going to enjoy this segment <laughs> and, one, and one other thing i will add about uh, cross plains it's also one of the most beautiful backdrops in high school football in the mid-state. Mm. Uh, the stadium kind of sets up a little bit, and the, the sun goes down on the visitor's side. It's, it makes for a beautiful backdrop. Yeah, yep. certainly does. And, and and great people out there. Absolutely yep. wonderful people. Well, we've hit the halfway point of the regular season for most teams, so let's, uh, let's pull up these new rankings from Associated Press and just kind of go over each class. Bit by bit, over in 6A, nothing, not a lot changing. Oakland still first. Um, Collierville, Maryville 2 and 3. Germantown and Dobbins Bennett swapped places this week. Uh, Ravenwood still sixth, even though they've lost two games. They've played a tough schedule and deserve to be there. Blackman is eighth up a spot from this week. So is Kane Ridge up at ninth. And Smyrna cracks the top 10 after not being ranked last week after Lebanon dropped out. Yep. Yeah, and, that's a pretty significant change there. I don't know if you guys have noticed on Twitter or not. Uh, Aaron Carter is picking up offers left and right, and for mm-hmm. good reason. Yeah, yeah, he has had a turbocharged recruiting period this last week with Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, USC, and others getting on board. Even though he's committed to Memphis right now, it's picking up steam for him really, really quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that. Uh, I mean. Rockvale is awfully close to making their way on this list. Mm-hmm. A win this week, and they may you may not be able to keep them off of it. Uh, yeah, definitely, if they can go to if they can go to Nolensville and win this week, yeah, most definitely they're going to creep in there. Yeah, Scott, you've got a good one this week out there at Nolensville. So, well, thanks to the people for picking it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Rockville, Lebanon, all just outside the top ten. Centennial also grabbing a vote in that six A poll this week. Before we go any further, um, anything that you guys see or we want to point out for 6a for the second half of the season well i think the big you know that that race in murfreesboro we talked about it a little while ago i mean uh is riverdale are they going to miss out on the playoffs this year how good is rockvale how good is siegel they've won some big games in the first half of the year to me that's going to be interesting but at the same time besides oakland guys i think that region's going to beat beat itself up Going into the playoffs, that's going to be interesting to see who comes out of there and in what position. Yeah, you know, two huge matchups looming in in the upcoming weeks. Oakland versus Blackman at Blackman. That will be a spotlight game for us, I believe. Uh, You know, Oakland this year has had to win some games in shootouts, uh, something that we're not accustomed to. Uh, And any time you get in a shootout with that Blaze offense, it's kind of you're, you're playing with fire, literally. Uh, and then, of course, the Cane Ridge-Smyrna game that will likely decide that region as well. So two monster games coming in the, in the upcoming weeks. And, and one and, that and, we're not really seeing on this list, Brentwood and Independence are going to have to play each other. Indy right now still at that inside track of the number two seed in Region 7, but you know, Brentwood's been playing very good defense and will have a say as to whether they get that number two seed or not. And keep your eye on Centennial. I mean, by the end of this, you could have a few more of that Williamson County area on this list. Yep. And let's not forget about Cane Ridge and Overton. I mean, Overton, we're not showing them on this list, but that's a team that's bound for a second-half surge because hopefully getting Juice Majors back will help that team offensively get 
get really going, then they're going to have a say in whether Kane Ridge or Smyrna wins that region or not. Yep. All right. Moving on to 5A, Page still number one after week five, although it's very close with Knoxville West, just a couple points separating the two. Springfield three, Munford four, Nolansville five. Daniel Boone, Henry County, Green Hill, White County, Mount Juliet round out the top ten and the bottom three right there, all from the same region. Tom, you mentioned that region 5-5A has been is one that's going to be really fun to watch the second half of the season. Most Mount definitely. Juliet. You've got Green Hill, White County, and Mount Juliet all sitting right there. There's some good teams in there. You know, station camp factors into that as well. And, uh, again, I could see this Green Hill-White uh, County game this week I think is going to be another entertaining game. And, uh, again, anytime you put Malachi Dowell out on that field for White County, they're dangerous. They can put up a lot of points. I just think that's going to be a fun region. And uh, I still think it's anybody's region right now. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, when uh, Mount Juliet there, that 10 spot starts to climb. Um, you know, th- they've already taken out the one in front of them. Uh, they are playing some good ball, so it wouldn't surprise me to see them finish somewhere in the middle of the standing, uh, it, you know, all things considered. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where Green Hill you – know, Chris, you, you keep alluding to the fact that they won some close games last year that and, and just kind of rode that wave of uh, confidence and, uh, you know, just – I don't want to say luck because, you know, luck is the residue of preparation. Um, but, you know, they, they seem to just keep coming up on top of really close games. Can they keep doing that? Yep. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned uh, the team that's not on this list that is really flying under the radar there, Station Camp, uh, a team um, that uh, has a loss to White County. Uh, but they also beat a Gallatin team that beat Mount Juliet. So uh, they, they're they definitely going to be a player there in that region as well. Uh, really l- looking forward to uh, seeing if Nolansville can get a big win this week over Rockville to really build momentum into that Page-Nolansville game uh, coming up in a few weeks. That one's going to more than likely be for a region title as well. Yeah, and both those teams could be unbeaten at that point when they play each other in a little more than a couple of weeks from to- time from now. Um, but – one we're forgetting, Henry County and Springfield. Now, that's a big matchup looming for those two teams between number three and number seven, possibly in a couple of weeks. Springfield's got something to say about all this. Yeah, and I think Springfield in that three spot, I mean, truthfully, knowing uh, Coach Wilson, he'd, he'd just as soon uh, be somewhere in the eighth to ninth spot uh, and, and not be – but, you know – it's arguable between those top three teams of who's really number one. And I mean, on any given day, I think Springfield and page could swap number one, not with Knoxville West and, and all that. It's going to be really interesting to see how five, a shakes out. Also, you, you, you're going to say it, Chris, (laughs) not to denote that uh, Portland is, is received a couple votes this week as well. Yeah. Yeah, We were right on target cam Portland's working (laughs) over there just outside the top 10. Uh, We'll pick their game with Macon County in who you got in the next segment. 4A, top five, didn't change at all. Uh, the bottom five, plenty of shakeup. Procone up to number six, two spots up this week. Macon County jumps up three spots to number seven, still unbeaten at 5-0. and oh. Hardin County eighth, Stone Memorial ninth, and Milan is tenth. Um, it's a largely East Tennessee flavor in, in 4A when you get to the top five, but 
after that, Pearl Cone, Macon County really kind of put themselves in position to do some good things. Opperman's, Opperman's loss to Stone Memorial kind of shook things up. Yeah, yeah I was at Pearl that Cone. game, actually. And go ahead. Go Tom. ahead. Uh, well, I was at that Upperman Stone Memorial game, and, uh, you know, Upperman, they're reeling a little bit right now, guys. They've got Watertown this week, and uh, that, that's a big game, I think, for both of those teams. They both really need a win. Watertown coming off that win over White's Creek. But uh, let me tell you, guys, I, I think Macon County, the more they keep going, the more they win. They had a big win at Livingston Academy last week. Livingston opened their brand-new stadium last Friday night, so there a lot of emotion going on, a lot of hype, a lot of buildup. Macon County went in there and just thrashed the Wildcats. I think the more Macon County keeps playing well and keeps winning, they're building more and more confidence. Right now, guys, I think they're the team to beat there in that region 4-4-A. Yeah, that's what I was going to – one of the teams that I was going to speak on. You know, Pearl Cone uh, really came out of the gate facing probably two their two toughest opponents that they'll play all year uh, in Cane Ridge and NBA, uh, taking two losses. But since then, Coach Brunetti and, and the Firebirds have really got things righted uh, I believe they will continue to creep up this list. Uh, Macon County at 5-0, and uh, looking at their schedule, their schedule may be a little bit front-loaded, uh, uh, back-loaded, so the front front half of the schedule. Not that they planned it that way. You know, Charles County having a bad year uh, and, and other teams struggling to that point. Uh, but Macon County has Upperman. They have Stone Memorial. I believe they have a Smith County game left on that schedule and Portland this week. Uh Really going to find out what the Tigers have towards the second half of this season. Yeah, that's a four-game stretch. It's really going to define what they are this year uh, for Macon County. You know, five and zero start. They haven't been here, but in they were five and zero in twenty twenty. But that was also with a COVID win. So on the field, it's been a long time since they've been five and zero on the field. Um, Pearl Cone Marshall County is going to be a really big one in that region in the second yeah, half of the season as well. I agree, Chris. I, I was just looking at that, and you know. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, after those two losses, everybody seemed to be a little pearl clutching around Pearl Cone. Um, but if you look at their schedule, you know, they got a revenge match coming up the, uh, against Tullahoma next. Yeah, and, and the, then, the way Creekwood beat Tullahoma, that could be some exorcisms. Yeah, and then after that, it's Glencliff, Marshall County, which is the toughest game remaining on their schedule, Greenbrier and Montgomery Central. Yep. By you know, by the time that uh, the season end of the season rolls around, unless the wheels just come off, Pearl should be moving uh, well up this list. Yep. Over in three A, you know it's Alcoa in, in first, East Nashville in second, Covington third, Giles County fourth, Unicoi County fifth, and the the next five all shuffle a bit. Gatlinburg, Pittman. Sweetwater, Waverly, Dyersburg, all up one spot as Kingston dropped from fifth to tenth, or from sixth to tenth. Uh, Smith County just sitting outside the top ten with some votes this week as well. Really, it's about East Nashville, Smith County, and that's about it in three A at this point. Yeah, Smith County. Uh, I am a l- little bit surprised that they're not a little bit higher uh, up this list, but in all honesty. Again, everything shakes out, you know, in the end. East Nashville, um, yeah, they're they're where they need to be, but uh, I, they they've got some they've got some work to do. They've got yeah. some work to do if they want to stay up there. Big test this week against Independence for East Nashville. 
you know, I agree uh, with what you said about Smith County, Scott. I, you know, it'll play itself out, but I believe the Owls are a top 10 team in, in 3A. Yeah, I agree. Way. Sorry, Tom. Well, I was just, just going to say Smith County, their one and only loss, guys, was a three-point loss to Cab County on a last-second field goal. I mean, they've they've beaten all comers except that. And I tell you, don't take that uh, win at Walker Valley for granted. That's a that's a pretty tough place typically to go play, and they go down there and get a win 30-25 to 25 this past week. Smith County's playing some good football. I would argue they deserve to be in the top ten right now. And their schedule, uh, except for the last – their last two games are the toughest ones they're going to see. Uh, home against Macon County and home against East Nashville. Yeah. Uh, other than that, they've got Trousdale, Stratford, and at Jackson County. Speaking of East Nashville, their second half schedule is loaded with non-region games such as Independence and Riverdale and, and I think Green Hill as well. Mm-hmm. I don't expect – that if they lose these games close, they shouldn't fall very far down the rankings, and they shouldn't. No. I mean, right. if you're willing to schedule five and six A teams as a 3A school, you shouldn't be punished for that if you're playing Absolutely. close. And I expect them to play all of them close. I don't expect them to get blown up by anybody at all. In fact, I think they can beat may possibly all of them. So right. That's, well, one, be- that's one to keep an eye on in the second half of the year. He's Nashville. Yep. One team that uh, I think they're just outside of our coverage area, but Waverly. Yep. Uh, I got to watch their game with White House uh, last Friday night. White House jumped up 14 nothing on Waverly and Waverly outscored them 32 to 8 uh, 32 to 6 the rest of the way um, the Tigers are a really fluid uh, just one of those teams that they're not flashy you know nothing on on nothing about them makes you say wow and then you look up and and they're winning by multiple scores so they're a team to to watch going forward as well yeah, Waverly looks to be the front runner in that region the only team at this point that may be able to stop them is Fairview and they they still have a matchup in the second half of the season uh, White House and Fairview will play, and, and probably the winner of that game is looking at the number two seed. Uh, 2A, which we've been enamored with for most of the season, uh, led by Hampton, Tyner Academy, Union City, Huntingdon, Riverside is your top five. Fairly, East Robertson, Mount Pleasant, Harpeth, and Freedom Prep, six through ten. Harpeth is still in the poll after that big loss at East Robertson, so a little surprising there. Westmoreland sitting just outside one of the bunch of teams that got at least a point in the poll this week. Yeah, yeah Westmoreland's going to be on this list, guys. <laughs> Whether you want to yeah. put them on there or they're going to play their way up there. You know, uh, a team that has two losses, a five-point loss to, to Macon and a, a loss last week to Smith County that has one of the biggest offensive lines in the state. So uh, this Eagle team will definitely find its way on this list. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's just uh, the unknown factor is the reason Westmoreland's not on here. Um, looking at what Harpeth had played versus what uh, Westmoreland has played, um, yeah, I, I I can't explain it. Um, but Westmoreland has gone out there and, and performed against the teams they should have beat, uh, been competitive against the teams that maybe they shouldn't. And their defense is no joke. And now, you know, last week against Strauss County, they they actually threw the ball around and, and kind of expanded on their uh, – put a little color in the, in their offensive game. Uh, that's bad news for a lot of teams in, in their region if they actually get that going. Westmoreland, guys, they've got two great wins with Portland and Watertown already. And their only losses 
Smith County and Macon County, and both of those games were close and competitive. I think uh, looking at them, they've got a nice resume. They're playing Clay County this week, which is a very good team out of Class 1A, uh, a good defensive battle. I look for that to be a good ball game. But if Westmoreland beats that Clay County team, and I know Clay County is only 1A, uh, I, that adds another quality win to their resume. To me, that would be enough, I think, to bump them up into the top ten. Yeah, and then yep. Harpeth may put themselves right off this list. If if anything was an indication from that East Robertson game, I'm not sure that they're going to be on this list much longer. They're going to have to really re- regroup to to keep that one loss in their column. Yeah, yeah. two huge games coming up uh, for that region that we cover here. Um, East Robertson will go to Westmoreland on October the 14th, and then Harpeth hosts Trousdale County next Friday night. Uh, in a game that uh, if Charlesdale wants to make the playoffs, they have to win it. Yep. 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 Sliding over to 1A briefly, um, McKenzie and, Fair- and Fayetteville, 1 and 2. MASC is third. Dresden, fourth. Peabody, fifth. Coalfield, sixth. Clay County, seventh. South Pitt, eighth. Moore County, ninth. McEwen, tenth. Hall's got the only other team getting a vote this week. Gordonsville was just outside of the votes. So. We, we talked about Gordonsville. I mean, it's between them and Clay County for that region. You know, that's really all we've got to talk about here in 1A from the teams in our area, guys. Yeah, that's week 10 game. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I talked to some Clay County players this past week, too. They're chomping at the bit because Gordonsville's had their number for quite some time. They're smelling some blood in the water. But Gordonsville's playing a little bit better. I think they're starting to get healthy. And we all know when that team is healthy with the talent they got, they're a dangerous team. So I look for the second half to be big for the Gordsville Tigers. Yeah, and if you notice one thing, there's only uh, three teams in the East in this top ten. Definitely a West-loaded bracket here. Uh, Gordonsville has a huge game Friday night against Coalfield if they want to get back on this top ten list. Uh, I actually – I'll go ahead and spoil it. Uh, I know the picks don't come out till tomorrow, but I actually picked the Tigers to win that game uh, at home in the jungle. I, I really think that this Gordonsville team has finally got their feet up under them, and I look for them to, to just sort of similar to like Pearl Cone, a couple tough losses early. I look for them to climb right up this list. Yeah, I think that I agree with you. You look at their schedule, what they have left. They've got uh, Coalfield coming up. Uh, they win that game. I think you see them on this list uh, or, or – well, they should be if they beat Coalfield. But after that, Joe Burns, Strasburg County, Red Bull and Springs, and Clay County. I mean, all those are games right there. That Clay County game will be huge. Uh, but the other one's definitely winnable for Gordonsville. So, and and we've seen it uh, too many times to count. It's it's the team that gets hot at the right time uh, that that tends to make a run. If the, if they can uh, get things together. And there's no reason to think they can't. Um, I don't. I don't see any anything stopping them from making the playoffs. Yep. On to Division Two, we'll start with Class A with Friendship Christian getting all but one first place vote this week. As Jackson Christian snagged the other one, US or USJ snagged one as well. Excuse me. So, thirteen of fifteen to Friendship Christian. Middle Tennessee Christian is fourth. Grace Christian fifth. They swapped with Clarksville Academy, who fell out this week. Um, Really, it's about these six teams. DCA is in the conversation, but they still have got some regrouping to do after that slow start. Hey, Chris, can I go back and say one thing? Sure. Uh, before everybody, anybody writes in, I know they're going to make the playoffs. They're only one of four teams in their region. I meant to say going far in the playoffs. 
Very good. Chris would have Chris would have slapped me pretty good after the show on that one, folks. I, no, I wouldn't. Have. I wouldn't know. It, it takes me long enough to edit this anyway. So <laughs> now looking at this list, I don't I don't see any problems at all with this list. Uh, you know, friendship has uh, done what they needed to do to pretty much solidify themselves as um, the best team in Division Two One A uh, up to this point uh, and. Barring anything changing, uh, they're the team to beat for sure. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, Middle Tennessee Christian is their region competition, and they'll they'll square off on the final Thursday this season in Week 11 for that region title. So it'll come down to those two to get a top seed from there. In Double A, it, it's Lipscomb Academy story, and they got all 14 first place votes. Knoxville Webb second, Lausanne third. CPA fourth, Boy Buchanan slipped from second to fifth this week. And FRA just outside the pole, getting the seventh most votes. Yeah, Gary Rankin receiving his uh, first loss as a uh, coach of the Boyd Buchanan Bucks, uh, a loss to Silverdale Baptist Academy. Kind of a surpriser uh, for those around the state. Uh, but the team, you know, I know they're not in our area, but the team that people need to be looking at other than just FRA is that Chattanooga Christian team's got a kid on the team. They call him Boot Carter. Uh, he's the number one ranked player in the state. He's a, he's a bad dude. With a name like Boo, he better be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, He'll make an all-name team list after the year for sure. <laughs> right. On to Triple A. NBA, 13 out of 14 first-place votes. Baylor gets the other one. McCauley's third. Brentwood Academy, fourth, and Ensworth, fifth. Nothing really changed here, and Pope Prep is just on the outside looking in. It really is about these six teams that are on this screen at this point, guys. I, I mean, Father Ryan has played some spoiler at some point, but I don't know that anybody else is really going to play into, into, this, into this thing the second half. Yeah, See, Baylor agree. had an impressive win over Pope Prep. That I think it was forty-five to seven. Baylor really flexing a little bit of muscle there in that one first place vote. I still think NBA is the top team, but uh, I was pretty stunned that Baylor won by that big a margin over Pope. Yeah, a big no, difference no, in that no, one. Kenny no, Manchin no, did not no. play. Yep. Yeah, that is right. And yep. and lost their lost their starting running back in the in the first quarter as well. Yep. So um, definitely uh, Pope Prep is feeling a little bit banged up right now and. And Baylor, you know, comes along at the right time for them. But I agree with you, Chris. I think this. I think this list is about where it needs to be. Um, I, I would. I have no argument with the with the ranks uh, right right now. And we'll find out uh, if there's any change in it come Friday. And we get uh, Brentwood Academy and NBA tussling this week, and to keep an eye on Ensworth because they're going to have a shot at Brentwood Academy later on this season as well. They've kind of flown under the radar. And the Tigers are starting to kind of find their way in the Western region of that class. So, yeah, I, I know they've been cruising so far, guys, but uh, a yeah, tough couple of weeks is coming up here for NBA as far as just make sure that they stay on track. Uh, tough uh, road game, I, actually, two road games, I believe. I believe they go to Brentwood Academy and then to Pope Prep. Uh, so, two, two tough matchups for the big red here. Yep. And follow that up with Ad Insworth. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a, Going to be a good finish in, in Division II AAA this year. It's that time of the week again, guys. Time to make some picks. That's who you got. Well, well, well. 
<laughs> I said there was a first. Tom Duggan, congratulations. For the first time ever, somebody went 10 of them on this show, and it's you, sir. The first well, time ever, Tom. really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt well uh, I felt Reggie breathing down my neck, and I figured I better, you know, <laughs> spend a few extra days in the gym, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but as you notice, it's still, I'm still in fourth place. <laughs> yeah, just measly three games out though. It's all, it's all good. It's all, it's a close race. It is a close race between all yeah. of us and everybody went at least seven and three. So for the second straight week too, it, it, like, like Cam said earlier, starting to kind of figure some things out. We haven't had a lot of wild upsets in the last couple of weeks. So, right. Let's re- recap those picks from week number five. Reggie got Brentwood wrong against Ravenwood and a lot of uh, correct picks on this first slide. FRA, Lipscomb Academy, Harpeth East Robertson, Hillsborough Green Hill, Independence Franklin. We all got that one correct. NBA and Father Ryan, same way there. Um, Scott, you tried with Clarksville Academy. Didn't quite work out for you. Uh, we all took Oakland over Siegel. Uh, Scott, you and Tom nailed Rockville over Riverdale. And Tom was the only one to correctly pick Hendersonville being Gallatin. So there's number 10. Yep. Always a big rivalry game. It's, uh, you never know which way that one's going to go. I just had a good feeling Hendersonville again coming off a of bye week playing at home, and they get it yep. done. Sure did. Uh, for the rest of the games that we pick, um, yeah, everybody had at least 43 out of the 56 from last week. So Ooh. Rough week. Rough week. <laughs> Hey, I'll take single-digit loss weeks. I'll take them. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Lose less than 10, you're in good shape. So on to the picks for week number six. My poet didn't know it. (laughs) Cane Ridge at CPA kicks us off on Thursday night. Uh, Non-region game between those two should be a good one in the Lions' den. Um, Tom, you and Reggie, you're going with the Ravens. Let's hear it. It can't go wrong when you're with Reggie for sure. But uh, I, you know, this was one of the tougher ones for me this week. CPA is always tough, especially playing at home. Canebridge, the bigger school, I feel like they're playing some good football right now. I just, uh, I went back and forth and back and forth, and I just finally settled on Canebridge. And uh, uh, I expected to be a good ball game regardless, but I'm going to take Canebridge on the road. Okay. Cam Scott, you were going to take the other yeah. side. I'll go ahead. Uh, you know, CPA, you mentioned CPA playing at home. That was a factor in me picking the lines. Uh, but really, Canridge struggled last week. Uh, I believe, you know, against Laverne, I think, think they were up like 7-6 or ha- at halftime or something like that. Uh, I really just like the lines' physicality. I like uh, Cruz Law. I like uh, where they're where they're going. You know, really tough schedule. Um, it doesn't get any easier with the, with the Ravens. But uh, I just like the Lions to be able to win a close one. Well, the one thing was missing from the CPA uh, uh, from the Cane Ridge uh, score sheet. I did not see the name uh, Reggie Goodlow on it. And uh, if if he's not run the ball, uh, they may be a little bit one dimensional. And I think you know because prior to the Father Ryan game, he was averaging 100 yards a game on the ground. If he does not play, if he is out, then that makes uh, Cane Ridge one dimensional. Now, Siobhan Abdullah is a good quarterback, and he can do some things, and most of us a good wide receiver. But you can't be a, a one-dimensional team against CPA. Their defense will eat you alive. Yep. All right, Clarksville and Northeast in a uh, Montgomery County tussle. 
up there in Clarksville. And uh, Tom, you've got Northeast, and the rest <laughs> of us have Clarksville. I'm just going against everybody this week, guys. I, I got this ground I got to make up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Northeast to me, when I look back at their schedule, they've got their three wins and they've been, uh, they had a tough loss with Springfield, but they played Portland pretty close. And I think this team is maybe a little bit better than a lot of people look at and, and, and think. I just, I don't know. I just felt good about them playing at home. I feel like they're not a bad football team at all. I, I like Northeast, I like this pick. This was a tough game for me to pick, and and for all the reasons that Tom just gave, you know, Cam Athey is running the ball really well. Uh, they got a good mobile quarterback in Jaden Puig. Uh, they they have a very very volatile offense, but in my opinion, Clarksville's getting better. It's taking a little time for Davin Garinger to get back. Uh, you know, he missed last year as quarterback. Uh, he's trying to get back into you know rhythm with his receivers. Uh, their running back Jamar Carnell is finally uh, back home at running back. I think it's just taken a while for this Clarksville team to gel, and I think that uh, I like I just like Isaac Shelby's team here in this game. Yeah. I feel like if Clarksville doesn't play a Sumner County team, they're in good shape. But it's those region games against those Sumner County schools that have been their kryptonite the last couple of years, and. Uh, I, I think Clarksville gets it done at Northeast this week. Yeah, I agree. Davidson Academy, Nashville Christian. When these two teams were in the same class a couple of years ago, this was a big game. Um, take a little bit of the shine off of it now that Davidson Academy's moved up, but still a good non-region contest nonetheless. And again, Tom, going against the grain, <laughs> Nashville Christian. Well, there's three <laughs> games I need to make up to get to get the first place. But uh you know, I, I felt like Nashville Christian struggled a little bit earlier in the season, and I feel like they've turned a corner a little bit. They've been playing better of late. Again, they're at home. Um, again, you know, these these two teams no longer region opponents, but I, I think it'll be a good atmosphere, be a good game. And uh, I just think Nashville Christian's playing a little bit better than they have been, and I like them playing at home. I like them to get the win over Davidson Academy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this was a tough one for me because of that, uh, Tom. You know, um, Last week's game for National Christian was against Clarksville Academy, and one of the reasons why I picked National Christian was that exact reason. I felt like they had kind of righted the ship and got everything going in the right direction. Uh, but I believe the this Bears team for Davis Academy has done the same thing. After a couple of tough losses early on, uh, really picking up momentum, I like Davidson Academy to uh, go on the road and get a, another win to continue building steam. Well, the size of the uh, of the Bears is what gets me, and and here's another uh, here's another stat uh, for you. Six three, uh, Glenn Seabrooks is a def- is an offensive tackle and defensive lineman. He has ten pancake blocks on the season. There you go, Tom. And there you go. <laughs> he also has four sacks in four in four games. The team has nine. He also has another six two two sixty tackle in Rome and nose guard Roman Cobb. I think. The size of Davidson Academy matters in this game. I think that that coupled with the fact that they've got uh, they've got uh, Simmons back is is a big big factor for them in this game. That was I was about to make that point, Scott. Cortland Simmons back in the lineup for Davidson Academy is a big deal, and this is really going to be the first full game for him back. I'm sure he was probably on a snap count last week after coming back from injury, but. Uh, Having him back is a big deal for that Bears offense, and I like them to win because of that. East Nashville at Independence. We've talked about East Nashville having that big non-region schedule in the second half. This is the first game of it. Uh, 
we are all taking the Eagles of East Nashville. <laughs> I was totally expecting to be the only one to pick East Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, cool. we, broke, we, broke the, we broke the mold here. We got you full of but this one, I tell you what, guys, for East Nashville, me, when I look at the 3A, Alcoa, East Nashville, I think they're right there, one and two. And, and you know, everybody's going to say Alcoa's heads and shoulders above everyone not right now. But if East Nashville runs this gauntlet we talked about earlier in the second half, they're going to be battle-tested going into the playoffs. They're not going to be scared of Alcoa or anybody else. And um, Independence, is they're a good football team. They're playing at home. Uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence, I'm sure, in this game. But I, I like this East Nashville team. I think they're loaded, and I think they're going to – I don't know that they're going to run the table in the second half, but they're going to gain some confidence. Watch out for them in the playoffs. I'm going to be excited to see what they can do. Yeah, one of the best connections uh, in the mid-state, regardless of classification, Zach Beard to Frank Gordon, uh, is the reason why I picked East Nashville to win this game on the road uh, in a game that could wind up being a shootout. Yeah, you know – Independence has had some turnover to quarterback. It looks like they finally uh, have settled on the quarterback in Brooks Sapone. Um, but I expect this to be a lot of Trey Hartwell in this game. I expect them to try to keep the ball away uh, from East Nashville to kind of ground it out on the, on the ground. But I don't know if they can do that. And, and not to mention that, you know, East Nashville has a, a grinder of his own in uh, Tracon Waters. He had a big week last week. So I think there's just maybe too many weapons. Yeah, I, I expect this to be a close game. Uh, I just think that East Nashville may have it uh, just a little bit more, uh, you know, go right now organized and, and confidence going forward right now. I, I also see something else that kind of maybe made me kind of lean this way is when you have teams that play primarily on grass like East Nashville does and you put them on turf with the speed that they have, it just makes them even that more dangerous. And I, I think that the East Nashville will use that speed to their advantage this week. And I'm, I'm liking the East Nashville over Independence just like everybody else's on this panel. Good point. Hendersonville at Ravenwood. Um, Hendersonville got a big win over Gallatin last week in that rivalry game. Ravenwood did the same over Brentwood. Um, Hendersonville hasn't shied away from teams either if you're talking about non-region schedules being very tough. Theirs has been so far. They've got Oakland. They've had South Warren out of Kentucky, two state champions there. They've got Baylor on their schedule as well, and then they got Ravenwood. So does it matter in the picks this week? No. we got Ravenwood winning <laughs> across the board. So, Yeah, I look for Stephen Mack to, to probably have a pretty good game against this Ravenwood defense. I just don't think Hendersonville can score enough to keep up. Yeah, I think too much Chris Parson. Uh, too much Carter pace. Um, I, I think that, you know, Hendersonville has, has got a good D and they can, they can stop teams that uh, kind of match uh, their, their kind of offense. But you know, as Cam said, with that kind of speed and with the ability of Parson to make plays with his feet, uh, I just think it's a little too much for them this week. Yeah. Parson is so good, but guys, you go back to Carter Pace, who ran for four touchdowns last week. That's an additional weapon on that Ravenwood offense. As much as uh, I love Hendersonville for the upset of Gallatin and giving me a 10 and 0 week, I got to feel like Ravenwood's going to come out here and win this week. Yeah, I kind of agree with all that. Um, now, Hendersonville's gotten things going in the right direction after their open date and last week's win, but this schedule is rough and it's going to wear on them down the stretch. And this is just the beginning of it for the commandos and Ravenwood 
you know, we've talked about Chris Parson and Carter Pace, but that defense really did the job against Brentwood last week, and I expect them to have a good game this week against Hendersonville. On to page two, and it starts at Mount Juliet at Wilson Central. It's a county rivalry game. Wilson Central got their first win of the year last year. They were one of the teams that intended to give Mount Juliet problems, and Mount Juliet coming off that high, off the big win over White County. Could this be a trap game? Well, we don't think so. They're all taking Mount Juliet. Yeah, Dearest Morton really asserted himself as uh, the lead back for the for the Golden Bears. Uh, I really think that uh, they go to Wilson Central and uh, dish out a little frustration over struggles with this uh, uh, Wilson Central team in the past and, and start building momentum heading into uh, a couple big region games against Station Camp and Green Hill. Yeah, I, I, I see this as a, a battle between two areas, the Wilson Central running game, which they are primarily a running team right now. They're a young team, uh, but they're, you know, they're taking on Coach Deadman's personality. They're tough. They're tough. But I think this is their running game against the linebackers of Mount Juliet. And I just think that there may be a little too much talent there. Now, Mount Juliet is banged up. Uh, they may not have other, uh, Evan Parsons on the defensive line this week. But uh, I think that Mount Julius' defense is just a little too much. Once again, uh, Wilson Central more of a, a run first, run second, run third, and maybe pass every now and then. Uh, uh, it, it'd be a tough for them to, to beat Mount Julius with, uh, without being able to throw the ball, I'm afraid. Wilson Central have a little confidence coming into this week, coming off their first win and an impressive win over Hunter's Lane, 35-6. to six. But, you know, Mount Juliet, I know they're banged up, but, guys, that was an impressive way to finish against White County in such an emotional, high-octane game as it was. That hook and ladder play was beautiful. A big win for Mount Juliet. I think they're going to ride the confidence of that, and I think they're going to go on the road and get this win this weekend. All right, Portland and Macon County, we've talked about both of those teams earlier in this show and they uh, get together for a five and zero versus four and one battle up there in Lafayette this week. And we're a bit split. Tom, you and Reggie are going with the Panthers and the rest of us are on the Tigers. Oh guys, I struggled, struggled, struggled with this game. I think Macon County is playing such good football right now. Portland is the tough team. You know, Macon County's tough. I, this is one I was just back and forth, back and forth on, but, uh, I don't know. I just feel like maybe this will be the toughest test to date for the Macon County Tigers. Will they be prepared for it? Will they be prepared for the physicality Portland's going to bring in? We'll find out Friday night. I think they can win this game, but I'm going to go with the Portland Panthers getting it on the road. Yeah, guys, if you're in the mid-state and uh, either your team don't have a game or your your team's playing somebody that you think they're going to win pretty comfortably and you want to see some really good running backs, go to this game. You got Gabe Borders from Macon County. You got Jalen Dallin, uh, Jalen Piro, Freddie Paxson for Portland. Um, this is <laughs> this is going to be a display of how to play running back, guys. Uh, but the reason why I picked Macon County is not a running back. He's actually a uh, nose guard and a tackle. His name's Mason Swindle, uh, and that's the reason why I picked uh, Macon County. I just like their line play just a little bit better than Portland's right now. I think Portland has the side. This is really kind of a size versus speed thing um, at, at the line position. Uh, I think that Portland's just a little bit bigger. But that being said, I think Macon County has uh, defensive backs and linebackers uh, that are quick uh, that can that can uh, pinch, stop the runs from you know guard the edges. 
I I really struggled with this game because I was looking for. I mean, both the, these teams are nothing like each other and exactly like each other. I mean, yeah, the the you know they you know both are teams that are on the up and you know I had to pick one. I went with the home team. Honestly, I, I went with the home crowd. I just that was how close it was to me picking this game. That was kind of the way I leaned to, but I also kind of took the West Woolen factor into this one. Macon County beat West Woolen, Portland didn't. Uh, and it's a good comparison for me. If you can get through that West Woolen defense, you're, you're doing something right. So I went the Tigers kind of on that little tiebreaker. Yep. Rockville and Nolansville, Scott, you'll be there Friday. Um, are arguably one of the better games in this area with Rockville and Nolansville both playing very good football right now. Hmm. Everybody on the Knights. Wow. I did not expect that. I did not I didn't expect either. that at all. And I tell you again, this is another game I was a little bit iffy. Nolansville being undefeated and being at home, nobody's talking about Nolansville last year like we have been the last two or three years. It seems like they've kind of flown under the radar, but I think this is still a very good football team. You know, how good is Rockville? I asked that question earlier, and I, I think they're a very solid football team. They got the big win over Riverdale. Can they go to Nolansville and get it done? I, I just have my doubts. Yeah, I agree 100%, Tom. Um, you know, a team that's super flying under the radar. It, and it's it's almost laughable that they are flying under the radar. Uh, I think this is their first week that they will really be able to assert themselves and let everybody know that uh, the Knights mean business in, in 5A. It's a yeah. very good Rockville secondary, too, that Nolansville's going to have to throw against. That's one thing that I kind of hesitated on when I made this pick. Um, but I think yeah, and- the experience at quarterback and the school spots, I think for me, that's what put Nolansville over the top. Scott? So. Oh, I, I agree. I think, I think uh, you know, both quarterbacks are, are very good. Um, I think that both defensive backfields are very good. Uh, these teams match up very, very well, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to come down to just the experience of Chance Fitzgerald uh, going up and making tough catches. Um, I really, I know that Rockvale has, you know, with uh, Robbie Daniel, they've they've got themselves a runner. Uh, Nolensville's got two, and I just think that in this situation, I'm going to go with uh, Nolensville's experience. And uh, but I, again, I expect a very very close game. Um, that really will hinge on probably a turnover here or a turnover there. Smyrna at Riverdale. Um, Riverdale, having lost to Rockville last week, fell to 3-2. Smyrna has played good football. They're 4-0 right now heading into this game. And Reggie's got Riverdale, but the rest of us are on the Bulldogs. Yeah, Aaron Carter picking up all those offers. There's a reason behind that. Uh, Riverdale's offense struggling. Uh, I just like the the Bulldogs to uh, win this battle in the borough. Did you yeah, really expect Reggie? Be a... to... Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, I was going to say, did you really expect Reggie to pick a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. A good point there. Yeah, I, yeah. I looked at this being a defensive battle, and right now I think Smyrna's playing better defensively. Riverdale, I don't know where they're at right now, guys. I don't know that any of us really know, you know, how talented they are, where their minds are. Smyrna's playing good football, like you said, Chris, and uh, I think they get it done on the road. Yeah, it's, 
I'm I'm wondering uh, if we're going to see Landon Miller back in this game for Smyrna. If they do, that elevates their game. He is a, a really, really good quarterback. But right now, uh, the Bulldogs are getting it done without him. And they're actually down to their third-string quarterback, actually a wide receiver uh, playing. And that's Thomas Jones. And they really uh, haven't missed a beat. He can throw. He, uh, he can play the position. So I think that Riverdale right now is reeling. And uh, if Smyrna beats them here, I hate to say it's a knockout punch, but it could be. No, it's a non-region game, so it's not necessarily playoff implications here, but I kind of agree. But Riverdale's defense may be able to keep them within striking distance. I expect a low-scoring close ball game between these two, but I went with Smyrna just because I'm going with a hot hand here. Our spotlight game for this week is NBA at Brentwood Academy. Um, classic rivalry between those two schools. They've played a lot of close games over the years. Could be another good one this week, but we're all in NBA, or at least f- the four of us are. Uh, before we get to the rest of the picks, uh, Reggie, who you got? Yeah. I'm go. Here he comes. And there he goes. And here he comes again. And he's going to go with this one. And he has selected Montgomery Bell Academy over Brentwood Academy. There you go, Reg. Good job. All right. So it is five for five for NBA. Yeah, he outsmarted me on that one. I was we were going with the uh, once again going with the with the dang, uh, little uh, jellyfish, and he said, "Nope, I want two cans of food this time." So <laughs> he's, a, he's a harsh negotiator. <laughs> yeah, he's this, got he's got a good agent. Obviously, <laughs> this matchup for me came down to experience. Uh, this Brentwood Academy team is really exceeding expectations in my opinion this year uh george mcintyre really stepping up playing really good at the quarterback position deuce scott uh won a player of the week award uh in week two for us uh in his with his performance against cpa but i just that nba team is you know it's real senior heavy gabe fisher marcel reed jonathan moore uh the browning uh browning trainer i believe is his name uh you know this NBA team is just more experienced. That's why I lean big red. I agree. Um, again, yeah, this, I, th- I expect it to be a close game. I think the difference is going to be Marcel Reed's feet, quite frankly, in this, because um, Brentwood Academy has a really, really good defense. So it's got to come down to an X factor. But, you know, guys, you know, with these Eagles, I have a peaceful, easy feeling about this game. I, I think that the Eagles <laughs> will take it to the limit. But at the end, Big Red will win in the long run. <laughs> We're going to end up in Hotel wow. California. This is all said and done. He, he has prepared for that all day long, I can tell. <laughs> waiting to unleash that one upon the world. Uh, take it easy, Scott. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this NBA squad, like a, like you say, Cam, I, I like their experience. You got to love Marcel Reed. He can beat you in so many ways on the field. And uh, 
I love this rivalry, guys. This is one that I remember even back, you know, in my teenage years. They would talk about uh, Friday nights when NBA and Brentwood Academy would get together. It was such a big deal. So uh, you love the rivalry aspect of it. I just think NBA is a better football team this year. I, I believe this will be a very close ball game, just the way Brentwood Academy's defense has been playing. Uh, but, yeah, Marcel reads the X factor here. If if Brentwood Academy cannot account for him in some way, shape, or form, he's going to hurt them, and that's going to be the difference here for me. All right, that is it for the picks. Let's run them down one more time. Uh, CPA, Kane Ridge. Tom and Reggie on Kane Ridge, the rest of us on CPA. Tom's got Northeast over Clarksville. The rest of us have the Wildcats. Tom's got Nashville Christian over Davidson Academy. The rest of us are on the Bears. We've all got East Nashville over Independence. We've all got Ravenwood over Hendersonville. We've all got Mount Juliet over Wilson Central. Tom and Reggie on Portland over Macon County. The rest of us have the Tigers. We've all got Nolensville over Rockville. Reggie's got Riverdale over Smyrna. The rest of us have the Bulldogs. And all five of us went with NBA over Brentwood Academy. Gentlemen, that's all the damage we can do for a week, I think. And we did a lot of it. Well, one more before we get out of here. Uh, Cam, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, you know, really like a 50-50 schedule this week with uh, 50% region games, 50% non-region games. Uh, teams start pretty much wrapping up their uh, non-region schedule uh, this week. Uh, really look forward to for that uh, Nolansville-Rockville game, for that NBA-Brentwood Academy game. Uh, you know, they're – there's a bunch of teams that are, are flying under the radar that's about to get tested, uh, and we'll find out who is uh, contenders and who's pretenders. Uh, one of, one thing that I will add in my last quote here is uh, we'll not be on the scoreboard show Saturday, so i got to get it in right now. Go Vols. Beat Florida. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Tom, you're up next. Well, guys, like Cam said, you know, the non-region action is beginning to wind down. These games coming down the home stretch are going to be big. You look at some of the records of some of the teams that are expected to be contenders, you might see some three and twos, maybe some two and threes out there. But uh, realize how good some of these teams are by the level of competition that they have played throughout the first half of the season. Injuries can always factor in as well. The cream's going to rise to the top here in the next few weeks, guys. And uh, I tell you, I'm intrigued by this schedule of games this week. Uh, all 10 games that we picked this week I thought were pretty tough for the most part. I think it will be good matchups, most non-region. But, again, uh, once we get plays starting next week, we're going to be region heavy for the last few weeks, and it's going to be a fun ride to the end of the regular season. All right. Scott, cheers. Yeah, I'm going to make a, a plea for Saturdays. Um, and this doesn't have anything to do with uh, games this week, but it has to do with a continuation of, of players that you see in here. Um, you know, when you're watching these uh, college games on Saturday, um, you know, make a point to look for the guys that you used to cheer for on, on Friday nights. Uh, you know, guys like uh, Barry and Brown for Kentucky or uh, Ray Banner is over at MTSU. Uh, you got Key Lawrence over at Oklahoma. Um, you know, you've got a lot of players out there that, uh, you know, those that are still playing. It's fun to watch those guys. It's fun to watch them. Reggie Grimes over at Oklahoma. Um, you know, uh, you know, Jake Brennan's still at Clemson. Thank you. Um, you know, these guys, you know, 
it, it's fun to watch their progression and to see them grow into, into even better players. And in the case of Reggie Grimes, who's making academic strides and the other ones can be as well, but I just know about, <laughs> I know about his, um, you know, that are, that are really knocking it out of the park in the classroom as well. You know, you know, make it, make a point to look for your guys that you, uh, that you supported and, and kind of support them and watch them grow. And, uh, you know, that's, that makes it fun. That, that gets me going when I see, uh, some kids that I saw the, the, and Chris will have to help me, but the offensive tackle for summit last year was playing for MTSU. Um, you know, those, those kids, uh, you know, we pull for kids We more often than not than we ever pull for schools. Yeah, guys, we cover high school football in, in middle Tennessee and, it has been slept on for so long, but it's starting not to be slept on. If you look at these Power 5 schools, uh, SEC, ACC, et cetera, et cetera, almost every one of those teams have a kid from the state of Tennessee, and most of them have a kid from Middle Tennessee on their roster. So we have good high school football in Middle Tennessee. Go out and watch and support these kids and continue to support these kids. Scott, I believe Cooper Cook was the one that you're talking about from Summit. From that, that's issue. true. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a question this week about uh, our top 10 games list that we pick. Uh, just wanted to clarify something. All those 10 games are between teams in our coverage area. If you if your team is playing somebody from outside the 615 area code, it's not going to make that list just because we want to keep our coverage local. That's really important to us. Now, down to the playoffs, when there's 7, 8, 10, 10 games left in the whole state, yeah, we're going to pick them all. But right now, we're keeping our coverage inside so just want to clear that up hopefully that makes sense um it's really important for us to cover these teams here because we get asked if we're going to expand but i would like to see us improve here first before we try to expand so just help us to expand just a point you know if you want us to expand subscribe to our youtube channel uh help us out say hello spread the word get other people to view our channel uh, we provide 100% free content uh, about Tennessee high school sports in the 615 area code. If you want us to cover the Upper Cumberland or if you want us to cover West Tennessee or if you want us to cover Knoxville to area teams, help us expand. That's the only way we're going to do that. Yep. Yep. That's, that's well said. Um, that's that's really all we've got for this edition of the Mid-State 48. Uh, we're at the halfway point of the regular season. Should be a great night on Friday night weather-wise for football, so make sure you get out there and enjoy it. Uh, and let's just have fun with it because really that's all we can do. Enjoy it. Uh, go find a game somewhere. There's some good games to have. Even on Thursday night, there should be some good games to go watch. So for Tom Duggan, for Cam Reed, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for joining us for the Mid-State 48 Driven by Miracle Auto Group. We will see you on the scoreboard show on Saturday morning, 9 a.m., here on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure you join us then and also here this same time next week. So long, everybody. Have a good one. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.